The broadcast is now starting. All attendees are in listen-only mode. Hi, good morning, everyone. Welcome. Thank you for joining us for the webinar. Um, this webinar covers the uh, New Jersey Clean Energy Program's School and Small Business Energy Efficiency Stimulus Program. Thank you for being here. I'll give you a couple of housekeeping notes. Um, all attendees are on mute. Um, we are recording, and we will post a recording to the uh, Clean Energy Program website, which you'll have a link later in the presentation. We do have some handouts available to you, so you can download them from your webinar user interface. One is just a uh, one-page program overview, and the second are slides from this presentation that you're about to see. You can go ahead and feel free to ask questions during the webinar, and we'll try and take them as we go along. Um, uh, but we did reserve some time at the end as well, so we'll kind of see how we're doing on time, uh, how much, uh, how many questions we take during the course of the presentation. Um, so getting started, oops, sorry, having a technical moment. Great. Sorry. So uh, today you're going to be hearing from Kevin Nedza with the New Jersey Board of Public Utilities um, and our program administrators about program details and how to take advantage of um, what is kind of quite a unique, unique opportunity. Um, we're going to go through kind of an overview of clean energy programs available and then dive into the details of the school and small business stimulus program. So let's get this started. Uh, Kevin Nedza with BPU, why don't you go ahead and get us going? Hi, uh, great. Thanks, Karen, for the introduction. Uh, I just want to start off by saying that I'm happy to be here to kick off this webinar, and I just wanted to take a minute to thank all of you for joining us today. The board has been looking forward to rolling out this, uh, this important program for some time, uh, which aims to not only increase energy efficiency and the performance of HVAC systems, uh, plumbing and appliances, but also uh, serves to improve both air quality and ventilation in indoor environments. For those of you who may be uh, new to the Board of Public Utilities, we are the state agency that regulates the state's utilities, including those that provide electricity and natural gas to customers. Uh, these programs are a unique opportunity to support our schools and small businesses in areas that traditional energy efficiency programs might not otherwise reach. I'm looking forward uh, to the presentation and also look forward to working with our program administrators at TRC to bring this program to life. Uh, and with that, Lori, why don't you get us going? Thank you, Kevin. Hi, I'm Lori Carlin, and I am a local community outreach organizer with the New Jersey Clean Energy Program. We've been governed by the BPU offering this program for over 14 years. Next slide, please. This just gives a little wheelhouse overview of the New Jersey Clean Energy Program. We look to engage locally and facilitate equitable access for everyone to save money, save energy, and probably more importantly, to have a clean, healthy work and home environment. This is all part of New Jersey's master plan for 100% clean energy by 2050, reducing emissions, and getting back to a fairable, more equitable New Jersey. This goes over briefly. There's a lot of array of programs. And if you could just briefly go to the next slide, please. 
Today, you're going to hear more about the School and Small Business Stimulus Program, an amazing grant program that's now offered in New Jersey. But just in case it's not the perfect fit for you, um, and today as we're addressing the schools, there are other programs, part of New Jersey clean energy programs, that there could be a better fit. There is a program just about for every situation. So when it comes to schools, larger energy users, local governments, uh, for public and private schools, there's something called a local government energy audit. And it takes an x-ray through a free assessment at all of your facilities to see what you're using now and what your current conditions are, and then offers suggestions for improvement. What complements the LGEA is something called an ESIP, an Energy Savings Incentive Program. And this offsets the cost of a loan over a period of time against all the energy savings that you will have with higher efficiency, HVAC systems, lighting, thermostats, aerators, water conservation measures. So just a nutshell for larger energy users. For community, nonprofit, for private schools, for small businesses, your local utility offers incentives and rebates for you. And sometimes they also offer financing. Now this could be for whether you own your building or whether you rent, but again, there's something for everyone. And to refer you back always to njcleanenergy.com, that's njcleanenergy.com, and there'll be a slide later on with that information. Everything's on our website, whether it's you're looking for electric vehicle charging stations, solar, replacement, repair, um, it's all there for you. So with that, I'm gonna refer back to Karen to get us into this amazing new program for schools and small business stimulus. Great, thank you, Lori. Um, so there are two sides to this program. I'm, I'm gonna do a quick overview. Uh, they're pretty wordy programs. Uh, the first one is the Ventilation and Energy Efficiency Verification and Repair Program. Um, the second one is the Non-Compliant Plumbing Fixture and Appliance Program. So in short, we just kind of use the terms HVAC and plumbing and appliances. So what these two programs are, they provide grants to, uh, on the HVAC side, to assess your systems, uh, maintain them, adjust, repair, uh, upgrade HVAC systems. And on the plumbing side, grants to replace plumbing fixtures and appliances that uh, may, be, may be older and um, you know, not uh, not running as well, or um, not terribly energy efficient, or using a lot of water. These programs are intended to help schools and small businesses um, not just save energy, but to also really improve the indoor air quality of your buildings. In the age of COVID, it's you know more important than ever to make sure that buildings are meeting modern ventilation standards. And so to that end, this program might look a little different to those of you who have worked with previous energy efficiency programs. On the HVAC side, we do have two pathways. We have the maintenance pathway and the replacement slash new system pathway. Uh, the way I think about this is, uh, or think about the difference between the two pathways, it's 
kind of the difference between uh, maintaining your car, getting your oil changed and your filters changed, or buying a brand new car. Let's talk a little bit about who is eligible for this program. So boards of public boards of education, uh, public schools, school districts, consolidated school districts, county uh, vocational schools, charter schools, uh, some schools that are not eligible, private schools are not eligible for this program. They need to be public. On the small business side, small businesses, they include New Jersey-based businesses, which they need to be as you can see on the slides, independently owned and operated, no more than 100 full-time employees, uh, gross revenues that don't exceed 12 million, and they need to be certified by the state as a woman or minority-owned business. We have a link on the slides where you can um, go to the state's website uh, to determine if, if you're a small business, whether you are certified or how to become certified. And uh, similarly, in how private schools are not eligible, nonprofit organizations are not eligible for this program. They may be eligible for a um, uh, for uh, incentives through another either clean energy program or utility program, but not this particular program. Um, an audience member asks. Does the applicant need to own the building that needs improvement? Um, I would say that they need to own the equipment that needs improvement, but um, yeah, the app, so the person getting the grant funds would need to be the one that owns the equipment being upgraded or replaced. Thank you for your question. Let's talk about incentives or grants. So grants are available to cover up to 75% of the costs of the work. And the work may differ between uh, whether you're going down an HVAC maintenance path or uh, the plumbing and appliance path. Each project is going to have its own scope of work. Um, so these program grant funds, they can pay for seven, up to 75% of that. The balance of the costs can be made up by utility program funding or financing um, or just owner funds. We do have some funding caps. So for boards of education, the funding cap is $5 million per entity. And we say $5 million, that is across both programs, both the HVAC side and the plumbing appliance side. So boards of education, $5 million per entity, not per school, Per entity and small businesses that would be half a million or five hundred thousand dollars per entity and we're going to get into later um, we'll get into kind of what is and is not fundable by the grants generally speaking or at its simplest level this is how the program works um, put in your application you work with on the HVAC side um, a uh, a qualified TAP technician uh, and certified energy auditor to assess your building and see what sort of uh, upgrades uh, need to be made or can be made. You put together a scope of work, then install the scope of work, and then finally uh, we come out and verify and do a site inspection. 
my colleague Jeff is going to get into all the details that is involved in those four paths, or sorry, those four steps. So, you know, we have two separate programs. One's more technical than the other, um, but we're going to start out talking about the HVAC program. And for that, I'll hand it off to our program manager, Jeff Horvath, to bring you through all the details. So, Jeff. Thank you, Karen. Um, good morning, everyone. Um, I'm Jeff Horvath, uh, program manager for um, both the ventilation um, and repair HVAC program, um, and also the plumbing and appliance program. Um, so be before we talk all the nitty gritty um, details about um, both programs, I want to talk a little bit about the assessment and testing. Um, as Karen alluded to, you know, this program might look a little bit different um, you know, I know a lot of folks on the call will probably have some experience in the clean energy programs um, and have performed, you know, some projects in the clean energy program. So what is the assessment in this program? Um, a key part of it is, is working with those qualified professionals and firms um, to, to come out and look at your HVAC, HVAC systems and, you know, not only, um, you know, you know, just count them and, you know, understand what's available for the, for the program or what might be old. Um, and inefficient, um, but understand the airflow in occupied areas. Um, you know, verify that the correct levels of outside air are being incorporated into the system um, and how that ventilation system is performing overall um, and whether, you know, it can be, you know, improved, um, you know, or even potentially, um, you know, replaced, um, you know, with a new system. So that, that's the important um, key with these programs, with the HVAC program. Um, when we're talking about assessment, you know, that's what we mean in terms of those, um, you know, that testing. So, you know, and who does that kind of work? Um, and we'll get into this on, a, uh, on the next slide. Um, but, the, you know, the typical kind of company that does this is, is a testing and balancing company um, who can come in and, and, and assess those rates. Um, and if they aren't working correctly or there's not enough outside air, um, you know, being pulled into occupied areas, whether those be classrooms or offices or, or other um, you know, cafeterias, things like that, um, recommend um, you know, adjustments to perform, you know, to make the correct, you know, to make sure the correct amount of outside air is flowing through the building, um, you know, or updates or adjustments to the system um, to make sure you're, you're meeting certain ASHRAE standards. Um, why? Um, I think, you know, everybody knows the answer to that question um, in the current climate, uh, how important proper ventilation and airflow is. Um, you know, for the health and health and safety of our schools, um, you know, especially as we move forward into the future here. Um, so, you know, ensuring your facilities um, meet those ASHRAE standards for, for acceptable indoor air assessment um, is going to be extremely important, um, you know, as we move forward. Um, so, you know, how do you how do you find those qualified personnel, you know, who can perform this work, um, who can you team up with? Um, you know, with your other um, professionals and, and certified energy auditors. Um, we have some links there on the screen and, you know, I implore everybody to, um, you know, download these slides as well. And they'll be you know, made available on the website, of course. Um, a couple companies here, um, you know, that are re readily available, um, you know, professionals throughout the state, um, you know, who understand these technical requirements um, and can perform some of this work. Uh, another key qualified personnel in these programs is, is what's being called a certified energy auditor. Um, you know, so the role of the certified energy auditor in these programs is to, you know, you know review those findings um, from those testing and balancing technicians um, and work with you to develop, 
um, you know, the proper scope of work and, and verified cost estimate for your facility. So we talked about, hey, 75% of the, um, you know, you know, total costs, um, you know, are, are um, you know, are potentially being paid for incentives. Um, so they're going to help you develop that, uh, you know, develop what that total cost is and cost estimate based on your scope of work. Um, you know, so obviously, you know, what is a certified energy auditor? Um, you know, if you are working with a professional engineer um, or, you know, somebody, you know, with those credentials, that would, of course, qualify, um, you know, as somebody to, to sign off on the, on the scope of work as well. Um, certified energy manager, um, you know, or other, other uh, individuals qualified to perform an ASHRAE level two or level three energy audit. Um, so, you know, keep, keep an eye out for um, existing information on our website. Um, you know, if you, if you don't have one of those professionals or relationships um, and you'd like to, and you'd like to reach out to one. So let's talk about the pathways. Um, you know, first is, first is the maintenance pathway um, under the HVAC program. I mean, it's just that, you know, it's to maintain, repair, um, you know, and do some minor system upgrades. Um, it also requires CO2 uh, monitor uh, installation um, in occupied areas. Um, you know, we want to ensure that carbon dioxide levels do not reach an unhealthy level. Um, and, you know, minor repairs might be, you know, things like, you know, fix or replace coils, heat exchangers, um, other issues, you know, causing the system not to function properly. Um, you know, maybe, you know, the, the system itself is, is not that old. Um, you know, there, there, there's not an extremely large budget to um, do a very expensive um, replacement. Um, you know, this could be the correct pathway. Um, for facilities like that, um, you know, just, you know, make sure, you know, you have proper filter installation, uh, filter replacement and, and ventilation rates. Um, so the process for this pathway, um, you should pop to the next slide. Um, so, you know, if you determine this pathway is, is correct, um, you can complete and submit an application. Um, that's when you engage in those testing and balancing technicians. Um, you know, along with your certified energy auditors to, to complete um, what we're calling an HVAC assessment report um, and verified cost estimate. So the assessment report, um, you know, that includes, you know, items um, in your system, um, in your HVAC system like filtration um, to ensure proper filters are installed, um, ventilation rates, as we're talking a lot about, of course, um, demand control ventilation checks, coil condition, um, carbon dioxide monitoring, um, things like that to, you know, allow your contractors and technical partners, um, you know, to know where those adjustments are needed and really understand how how your facility is is working in terms of airflow and ventilation. Um, you know, and, and these costs, you know, I think it's an important point to know that, you know, these costs can be included in, in the cost estimate. So, you know, while, um, you know, it, it requires some resources to perform these checks, of course, um, those costs are expected to be uh, included in the estimate in which 75% can be covered by the program. Um, so, you know, you've completed that second step there. Um, you know, we've gone ahead and, and approved the project, um, you know, up, up for your up to 75% incentive. Uh, you'd go ahead and perform that work um, identified in the report um, and scope of work. And then you'd complete the HVAC verification report um, and also be subject to a potential um, program post inspection. So, you know, the verification report, it's going to provide, you know, final documentation, you know, description of the work that was performed with all the grant funding, um, exactly what was done, project invoices, 
um, things like that, um, you know, and verifying that, you know, the ventilation rates in your occupied areas um, do meet do meet the ASHRAE standards of the program. And that's the, you know, that's an important piece, um, you know, and a great thing to be able to, to, to say, I think, to move forward is, you know, that you've, you've assessed this facility, you've assessed this school, um, and, you know, you've, you've, you've made sure it, it, it's the safest, uh, you know, safest environment possible um, based on the work that's being done. So now let's get into a maintenance pathway example. Um, so, you know, hypothetical example, of course, every facility is different. Um, you know, we're, this example, you know, we're saying there's 20 classrooms, there's 20 systems, there's 20 filters. Um, you know, what, what would those costs look like? Um, you know, so here's an example budget. Um, you know, hey, filter replacement, you're replacing 20 of them, $40 a piece. Um, carbon dioxide monitor installation, which is required. Um, you know, let's say, you know, 10 of those uh, 20 HVAC systems, you know, need some kind of repair um, or some kind of maintenance. Um, we have, you know, have an average cost of, you know, what that might look like per unit. And then, of course, assessment and verification reports, um, testing and reporting, you know, costs included in the, in the grant funding as well. So you can see a total project cost example there um, with 75% covered by the program. Um, continuing on, um, so payment milestones. Um, let's we'll quickly talk on the on, on the you know the eligible costs on the left. Um, you know we discussed this a little bit. Um, you know, but just to uh, you know to clarify, you know the assessment costs are eligible. Um, you know the testing and balancing costs um, in the grant. Um, you know general maintenance and repair, adjustment of rates, filter replacement, um, and those you know those reports. Um, this pathway, um, you know, will pay 50% of the uh, of, of the total approved incentive. Um, you know, after we've you know verified your cost estimate, um, as you as you move forward to you know to help you complete the project and understand there are costs associated with with doing this work, um, and then 50% of the of the uh, you know incentive paid. Um, after the verification report and the uh, required final documentation. So let's talk about, uh, okay, next up, replacement and new pathway. Um, so obviously, you know, this is going to be for, for exactly that, for replacing, you know, older inefficient systems or units, um, you know, or even um, installing a brand new um, you know, system or ventilation system where not not existed before. We all know, um, for some facilities, you're you get outside air in by opening up the windows. Um, you know, and if you know if, if you know you'd like to add a ventilation system, um, you know, to the facility, um, that could potentially uh, fall under this pathway as well. Um, you know, still requires um, CO2 monitor installation and the additional, um, excuse me, the previous you know technical requirements that we talked about under the under the maintenance pathway as well, um, which we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more as we as we continue on here. Um, so next slide, please. Um, so in, in this process, um, so you know, if it's determined this pathway is is correct for you, um, you know you would complete and submit that application and really follow you know very similar steps um, as the maintenance path. Um, you know, it's a bit, it's it's important to understand that to qualify for this pathway. Um, it must be shown, you know, that the existing ventilation system um, or lack thereof, you know, it's for systems that are broken, 
um, you know, they fail to meet minimum ventilation requirements and that, you know, no amount of adjusting is going to, is going to meet ASHRAE standards, right? It's an old system. It's not going to work. Um, it doesn't operate under its original design and intent. Um, that's what this pathway is set up for. Um, system replacements, um, you know, they need to be deemed uh, necessary or cost effective. Um, and, you know, what does that mean? That means that the existing equipment is non-operational or it has less than three years remaining in its useful measure life. So, you know, it, it's designed for those older systems. It's, you know, a lot of these units have, uh, you know, what, what we call useful measure life of 15 to 20 years. You know, if you have an entire system, it's 30 years old, it's not working, you know, that would be a system that would be deemed necessary, um, you know, through this program to replace. So you'd follow those similar steps. You're engaging um, in your testing and balancing technician. You're completing that um, HVAC, HVAC assessment report, um, you know, along with your cost estimate um, that's signed off on by your certified energy auditor, performing the work, um, and completing the verification report um, and program site inspection. So payment milestones. Um, so there are three um, payments that are going to happen out of the replacement um, new system path. Um, again, you know this this uh, th this is robo construction. It, it costs money, um, and you know, and we understand that. We want to do everything we can through the program uh, to help move projects along and facilitate um, you know proper installation. So um, there will be a, an initial payment, um, you know, to cover. Um, part of those initial costs, you know, we call them soft costs, you know, for the assessment and testing um, and, you know, for development, development of that cost estimate. Um, then once you've moved ahead and procured the equipment, um, you know, we understand equipment has long lead times these days and supply chain issues. So, um, you know, if you've purchased the equipment and you send in the material invoices or purchase orders, um, we will issue a second payment um, for those costs as well. And then upon project completion um, and the verification report and final invoicing, um, we would pay the balance of the, uh, you know, of the approved 75%. Ineligible costs. Um, so grant funding, um, it would cost for boilers uh, or other types of equipment that does not direct, directly and significantly affect ventilation or airflow. Um, is not going to be eligible for this program. Again, it's um, this is a ventilation uh, uh, heavy program, um, and you know there there would be additional incentives for for those costs under under other programs. Um, costs associated with continuous monitoring of uh, carbon dioxide monitors, um, electrical improvements, subscription services, central hubs, things like that. Um, purchase of equipment that is not integral part of the project. Uh, and consultant fees, of course, other than those for um, the qualified, you know, testing personnel and energy auditors that are required by the program. And also equipment installed prior to application approval. So, um, you know, some other programs um, have what we call a look back or, um, you know, previous clean energy programs, hey, you could purchase a piece of equipment and you had a year to apply, um, you know, you know, due to the, um, you know, this program is about, you know, you know, testing existing equipment um, and existing systems and then applying for incentives and, and installing. So uh, we would have to issue the application approval before you went ahead and, and installed the equipment. 
next up is the plumbing and appliances program. So, Jeff, Karen, do you want me to pause here for? Yeah, Let's take before we dive into plumbing and appliance. Let's go ahead and uh, take some questions because um, they are uh, maybe specific to HVAC. So, one of the questions we got um, asked: Does does all this meaning um, uh, doing work in this program? Does it skip the RFP process? And I'm not sure we're. I, I think what we would say, and, and, and Jeff, jump in here if you like, but I think that you'd be, if you're a school, you'd be required to yeah. go by whatever contracting requirements are currently in place. That's um, correct. We're not necessarily qualified to give you detailed advice on that, but you would go through whatever process um, you already do now. That's that, that, that's correct. Yeah, if that's you know if that's the process that you're required to follow for this type of work, um, then 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 that's uh, yeah then that's what you would do. And and that question kind of leads into this next question. Um, talks about uh, a district or a, dis a district is embarking on an ESIP project and has planned HVAC upgrades. Um, can approved projects under those programs be 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 done through this program. So if there's HVAC replacement or repair, can this program be combined with the ESIP? Yeah, you know, as, as long as, you know, as long as, you know, the, the project hasn't moved, you know, hasn't been installed or, or moved forward and you want to, you know, combine, um, you know, combine whatever, you know, potential funding is out there for you um, based on qualifying um, equipment and projects, then, then the answer would be yes. And I think you know a, a second part of this question is I think this particular ESIP funding is is also uses federal funds. This program uses federal funds, so it's entirely possible we may need to talk to our our colleagues over at ESIP um, and talk that through a little bit. So maybe stay tuned on this one. Not sure we can answer that right here right now. But thanks for that question. Let's talk a little bit about sort of the cost of doing the assessments and the TAP technicians and the certified energy auditor. Um, who pays for the assessment? Um, that is, I'm going to go back to our sample cost estimate. There it is. Um, this is the year on yeah. the, that's the, that's yeah. the, uh, yeah, yeah. I wonder why it looked funny. Sorry, folks, trying to find it. There it is. Golly gee, I'm blind today. Um, so who pays for the assessment? Um, you know, what, what, is in, what is included? So Jeff, do you want to take that one? Yeah, so, you know, anything, you know, so, so the assessment costs are, you know, part of the, um, you know, part of the responsible costs for this program, but they can be included in the, in, in, in the cost estimate that's where 75% is picked up by the program. So, um, you know, while you are responsible for those costs, while it's not a, you know, a, a free assessment um, like some other programs um, offer, um, you know, because it's integral to understanding how the systems work for this program, um, those costs to do that assessment, 
um, can be can be included um, you know, in what's picked up by the incentive, if that makes sense. Um, Thank you. If that, if, that answer, if that answers your question. I think it does. And if it doesn't, we can um, come back to it later or have an offline discussion. Um, can another question, can, can a customer apply for two grants, one for maintenance and one for replacement? They can, yeah. Not you know, not every you know, not every system or every school is going to be a perfect fit for just one, right? So um, you know, of course, as long as long as there's no overlap um, in terms of you know incentives, you know, like a piece of you know a piece of equipment, you know, receiving an incentive, um, you know, doubling up, so to speak. Um, yes, you know, you'd be able to you know apply for uh, under the maintenance path for for equipment or systems that, um, you know, are, where, you know, that fit under that path, um, and then apply for replacement, um, you know, for said systems that might fit under that path. And this, um, this is kind of a common question. Uh, does someone need to apply first and get approved before doing any of the work? I think the answer on that is yes. But yes, before, do, yeah, before doing any of, before, you know, moving forward with any scope of work or installation, right? So if you've, you know, if you, if, if you want to get ahead of the game and, you know, um, you know, maybe you're a school district and, you know, you've already had um, some professionals, you know, come in and assess some things and, um, you know, perform some of this work, that's, that's fine, you know, um, you know, to have done, to have done beforehand. Um, you know, maybe you're even, you know, moving forward and, you know, you want to purchase equipment so it's ready. Um, you know, uh, you know, but, you know, because of long lead times, that's okay. It's just, you know, installing the uh, equipment or scope of work before we've, we've approved it would not be eligible. Great. Thank you. Um, another question or a question about the certified energy manager. Do they need to be approved by DPMC um, as, as, as ESCOs need to be? Um, don't. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a good question. Um, you know, perhaps we you know perhaps we will um, you know look into that um, a little bit more. We haven't we haven't received that question yet. Um, you know, in terms of um, the requirements in this program, you know, and yeah, thanks, Karen, for going back up to that slide. Um, you know, they need to um, you know either you know be a PE, a CEM, a CEA, um, or uh, you see that third bullet there. Um, you know, otherwise qualified to perform an ASHRAE or two, two level two or three audit. Um, if again, I would say if your specific um, you know situation requires those professionals um, that you work with to be um, DPMC qualified, then I would say yes. You know, if it doesn't, then you know you would just have to you know ha have one of these on the screen. Yeah, and I think if they are approved by by DPMC, I think that would be um, an indicator. Yeah. Us. Uh, sorry, there's a weird noise outside. Um, that would be an indicator to us to us that they would be quali qualified to do this work. Mm -hmm. um, do we know yet how long it takes for a application to be approved? It's early days. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it, it's early days. Um, you know. Um, you know. If 
you know, I'm work, I've been working with applicants, you know, already, um, you know, just back and forth, you know, understanding, you know, how to move forward and, and how to, um, you know, utilize the program. Um, you know, we imagine within receipt of all, you know, proper documentation um, and cost estimates and, and things like that, that, you know, within a few weeks, um, we will be able to issue a issue, issue you a commitment for your scope of work. Great. Thank you. Um, sorry, I'm just reading through the questions. Um, another question, is this the program, is this program the same as the BPU grant that just came out? I'm not sure specifically which grant that is. This is a grant program. This program did just come out in the beginning of October, October. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not quite sure how to answer that. Um, for now, let's keep moving on in interest of time. And let's move on to the plumbing and appliance side. And then if we have time at the end, we can certainly take more questions. So, Thank you, Karen. So the other uh, piece to the stimulus grant funding is the non-compliant uh, plumbing fixture and appliance program. Um, and you see there in the, in the light blue box uh, on your screen, um, it's for um, replacing exactly those pieces of equipment. Um, you know, you low flow faucets and shower heads, um, toilets, urinals, and commercial dishwashers, ice makers, and clothes washers. So again, you know, up to 75% of the cost of those, um, you know, of that scope of work uh, can be paid by the program, um, you know, to install, uh, you know, a, a touchless, uh, you know, you know, touchless fixtures, um, which again, in, in the current environment we're in is, um, is important to do. Um, so a little bit of a, a simpler process, um, you, you complete and submit your application, um, you know, work with your contractor to, you know, develop the scope of work um, and cost estimate for, uh, you know, for simple one-for-one -one replacement of, uh, of those uh, fixtures in, in the light blue box. Um, you'd install the equipment um, and then, you know, you'd submit a, a verification report to us, um, you know, stay in the work that was done, you know, project invoices um, and things like that, and also be subject to the program post-inspection. Um, what can you replace? So, you know, what makes a fixture non-compliant? Um, you know, those um, those parameters on your screen right there. Um, you know, basically, you know, uh, toilets, urinals, shower heads, faucets. Um, you know, that are emitting. Um, you know, you know, either either too much gallons of water per flush or or too much you know gallons of water per minute um, would qualify as fixtures to replace. Uh, on the appliance side, so um, again, commercial dishwashers, automatic ice makers, and commercial clothes washers, um, if they're manufactured before January 1st, 2010, um, then they will be eligible for replacement. So pretty simple, um, pretty simple, straightforward um, uh, parameters there on those three. So again, we'll quickly go through a hypothetical example. Um, of a school, uh, you know, with a sort of rest, a restrooms and, um, you know, a, a dishwasher and things like that. Um, you know, what could these costs potentially look like? Um, you know, so in this in this hypothetical example, we have a school, um, you know, maybe there's 40 faucet aerators too, if you could pop to the next slide. Um, 40 faucet aerators, um, you know, 40 toilets to replace, 
30 urinals, uh, one commercial dishwasher. Um, you see the, the total project costs there in bold. Um, and all those costs will be eligible for 75% of grant funding. Uh, payment milestones, so just one payment um, through this program. Um, important to remember eligible costs, you know, equipment and labor. Um, it can be included in the in the cost estimate that's picked up by the grant. Um, you know, we'd issue that commitment for 75% of those costs, you'd complete the project, and then we would just issue, uh, you know, one payment um, you know, for the costs. Ineligible costs, um, on the plumbing side, purchase of equipment that's not integral uh, part of the project, um, consultant fees, uh, and equipment installed prior to application approval. So again, you need to send us in the application along with the scope of work and cost estimate, have us, uh, have us approve it, and then go ahead and do the work. Our resources. So again, you know, just directing you, uh, you know, to the website, um, which contains the program guides um, and some more technical resources, um, which I'm sure will be helpful. Um, a link there to the uh, Woman and Minority Owned Business Certification uh, through the state. Um, and there's some additional helpful links there um, through the EPA about uh, indoor air quality in schools um, and, and even, even an app um, that can be downloaded um, for indoor air quality assessment, which is pretty handy. Um, at this point, Karen, I think I'm kind of hand it off back to you. Yeah, um, let's do some. Um, so let's let's uh, address a couple questions specifically on the plumbing and appliance side, and then mm -hmm. uh, let me try and get through as many questions as possible um, you know, within, within within the hour. So uh, plumbing specific mm -hmm. questions. Uh, one is: Do water fountains and bubblers qualify for replacement? No, so those wouldn't qualify for replacement. It's it's pretty um, it, it's pretty straightforward um, to what qualifies there. Um, and you know your your low flow devices will be limited to you know your your faucets um, and and shower heads. Great, thank you. And what about um, domestic hot water heaters? Yeah, those are they those also. Yeah, those also wouldn't be eligible. They wouldn't be eligible through this program. Um, but again, I think it's important to remember that um, you know there absolutely are incentives um, through through either your utility um, or other uh, you know other programs um, that would you'd be able to get an incentive for that piece of equipment for sure. Great. And uh, regarding uh, grant payments for the plumbing and appliance side, um, if payment for and I'm just going to move to the slide. Um, if payment comes at project completion, uh, when does the customer get confirmation that um, that that they have grant funds? Yeah, sure, absolutely. You want to get that confirmation. Um, so after um, you've you've applied to us um, and you've sent us in, you know, your scope of work and cost estimate. Hey, you know, your contractors come in and said, you know, I'm going to replace, um, you know, these 30 fixtures, um, you know, these three shower heads, this ice maker. Um, it's going to cost this much. It's going to cost, 
you know, making up numbers. If it's going to cost $20,000, um, you, you would send that information to us. We would review and approve it. And at that point, we would issue you your commitment letter for 75% of those costs. You'd have that commitment letter in your hand, um, you know, clearly stating that we've reserved those funds for you, um, you know, what to do um, upon project completion. And then, and then you'd go ahead and install that work um, and be able to, um, you know, recoup those funds. I think that deals with most of our plumbing specific questions. Um, so let's go back and take some, sorry, uh, some general questions. So uh, one of the questions is on that 25% uh, customer commitment. Mm -hmm. uh, are there any other funds that can help pay for the 25% customer portion? Um, sure, they can absolutely access any uh, utility program funding that's available um, or financing. I don't know if school districts can do um, on-bill financing, but um, but yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, question about, and this uh Kind of multiple questions along this vein. Um, getting back to that, how long would the application application approval process take? I think folks are looking at doing some work um, as soon as possible and want to get going as soon as possible. Um, mm -hmm. And so, uh, how can they kind of get their get their project going uh, as soon as as soon as possible? Is the yeah. So, so again, you know, we're, um, you know, we're looking to, um, you know, beginning to approve projects and commit funds um, in the very near future. Um, you know, so, you, so if you are, um, you know, ready to get started, um, you know, or you're, you know, you're, you're already, you know, working with some of your technical people, um, I, you know, I, you could get started, you know, immediately in terms of, um, you know, starting to understand, you know, what would you know, what, what should your scope of work be? Um, you know, contact those um, professionals, um, you know, to perform those assessments um, and, you know, and, and send, us in, send us in the application and required documentation. You know, once we, once we get everything we need on the, on the uh, program end, um, again, we, we're gonna, um, you know, approve projects, you know, at, at that point, once, we, once we've received everything, um, you know, w within a few weeks, um, you know, so you'd have that commitment letter um, and be able to, you know, get started um, on your project in terms of, you know, actually ordering equipment and, and doing the work. Is there a risk to a customer in doing the HVAC assessment report, um, you know, paying out of pocket and then not being approved or admitted to the program? Well, again, you know, every, every product's different and everything's case by case. Um, you know, we'd have to, um, you, you know, we, we'd have to, we'd have to take a look at, at that sort of situation. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, that, that's certainly yeah. not the intent. Um, yeah. That's a situation. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Let's talk it through. Give, give us a yeah. ring and we can, we can talk through your project so that you're not in that position. Yeah, and I recommend you know you know always remember you know the the, the assessment costs are um, you know 
you know, obviously, you know, once approved can be included in, in the cost estimate, um, you, you know, before, you know, just, you know, pay, you know, paying somewhere right off the bat, you know, to do all, to do additional work. Um, you know, we want to understand, you know, what, you know, what qualifies for the program, um, you, you know, make sure your technical people have, have read through that stuff. Um, and, and, and again, there's, you know, if, if this program is not the exact right fit, um, you know, there are almost always um, either through utility or additional funding sources, um, you know, ways to, um, you know, get, get incentives for your project. Yeah. How long will this program be available for? Is there a deadline for application? Is it first come, first served? Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, it, it's first come, first served. Um, there's no specific deadline right now in terms of, hey, you need to send in your application by March 15th to 2022 or something. Um, you know, no, no deadline like that. Um, the program is, is open um, and we'll be, you know, looking to make commitments, um, uh, you know, relatively, uh, relatively soon uh, until the funds uh, are, are exhausted. Great. Thank you. Um... HVAC specific question. Uh, if your HVAC, HVAC system is operational, but very old and requires a large investment in maintenance every year, would that qualify for this program? Yes. Absolutely. Right, Jeff? Yeah, that, that, that's exactly what, um, you know, that second path would be, um, would be for. Again, you know, it's, it's, you know, costs, um, your products are subject to a, uh, you know, to a program or, you know, to an entity cap, um, you know, but any, any reasonable costs, you know, um, related to, related to that uh, ventilation system installation um, could potentially be eligible for incentive. Yeah. And along those lines, if there are multiple HVAC units um, and some need repair and some need replacement, um, can they go down two pathways? Absolutely. It's, it's two separate applications. Um, but you can definitely do both up to that entity cap. Um, and by the same token, put in the third application to do plumbing and appliances. Yeah, yeah, and, and a similar process, right? So if you, if you, uh, excuse me, if you've engaged in some, you know, in your technical partners um, to do some of these assessments, and they say, hey, you know, um, you know, this facility, you know, you should apply down this path, and this facility, you should apply, you know. Uh, you know, down the replacement path, um, you know, they can, you know, it, it, it's a same, it's a similar process with an easy, um, you know, with the easy straightforward application um, where you can, can uh, submit the assessment and cost estimate documents, you know, for either path, um, you know, after working with those professionals. Thank you. Regards the, regarding kind of the interplay between their HVAC application and the HVAC assessment. Can you talk a little bit about the order of operations on that? What what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I've you know the application, um, the application and the uh, comes first. Um, it, it, it's yeah, it's tough to have one exact answer that answer that's right for everybody. Um, you know, some applicants are a little bit more ahead of the game and um, you know, they might be, you know, getting some assessments done already um, and, and, and moving forward that way with that documentation. If you're, if you're not at that step and you need, and you need some more help, 
um, you know, I recommend, you know, sending us in the application, um, you know, just so we can, we can get you in the door here, um, you know, and work with you, um, you know, on those next steps um, in terms of, um, you know, understanding what your potential scope of work is um, and where you need to, you know, where you need to go, um, you know, to get that application um, commitment. You know, we would need that, you know, verified cost estimate and, you know, and scope of work um, in order to do that, um, you know, um, through your qualified professionals. So um, I hope that provides a little bit of clarity. Okay. Thank you. Um, in terms of eligible costs, what about um, mechanical, electrical plumbing uh, design services? Uh, engin you know, engineering, design, and bidding. Is that a eligible cost? Uh, yeah, again, so like any additional consultant fees, um, you know, that you might be required to, um, you know, to, to do would, would not be eligible um, costs to be included. Um, but the, uh, you know, the, tech, the, the technical costs, the testing and balancing, and the, you know, certified energy order sign off, the the requirements of the, the the requirements of the program are the costs that you could include um, for potential incentives. You know, additional um, you know consultants or um, you know other design would, would not would not be considered. Okay. Um, so I'm seeing some technical questions. So uh, what about P tax? They're not eligible under ESIP. Is it is our P tax? what maintenance you do on them, but um, are they yeah, eligible? That's a, yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a very good question. Um, you know, I think potentially PTAC units could potentially um, be eligible. Yeah, I'm not sure about, you know, uh, maintenance of them or, um, you know, I know some of them do have, um, you know, filters, so to speak, and, and things like that, um, or they do pull in outside air. Um, so, uh, again, I would, I would, I would recommend, um, you know, we, we'd speak with you a little bit on a, uh, you know, on a case by case, um, basis with some of those units. Yeah. And, and, and I think that that notion, let's talk about your project, uh, rings, rings true with a lot of these questions, uh, very specific questions about the equipment that's in your building. Um, I would encourage you to shoot us an email and let's talk about it. Um, I don't want to answer a question for that's right for one person uh, on the call and then another person hears it and uh, it may be a, a nuanced situation uh, with your with your buildings and your equipment. Um, that being said, um, is, 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 is this an open competition for total grant funds available or is some portion of the overall funds uh, being reserved for um, high need uh, high need districts. Yeah, uh, that's a good that, that's a good question. Um, so uh, funds are reserved into um, specific buckets for these programs, um, and you know more information can be can be found on that in the program guides, which are available on the website. Um, but Funding is reserved for, 75% uh, of the funds are reserved for underserved communities. Um, and um, a list of those school districts and um, communities are listed in the program guide. So, um, 
you know, certain funds could be exhausted. You know, it's not it's not just only um, you know one bucket of money um, that you know could all be gone. Um, you know, we want to implore you that there's um, you know there's money out there for for each type of applicant um, and and a healthy, robust um, budget that you know one budget might be um, you know could could be expended, um, but but there are um, you know lots of funds out there for for underserved communities. And the the funding caps. Uh, so when we say mm -hmm. five a five million dollar cap per entity, um, and not individual schools, um, uh, they're asking, does that mean that each board of education uh, qualifies for five million, and do they have to disperse it amongst their schools? So um, boards of education, they are uh, eligible for up to five million. It is, um, and then they choose what projects uh, make sense to be funded with this pot of money. Would you, would you say that's correct, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, currently, um, you know, as we start the program and as we make funds available, um, you know, to everyone, um, you know, the maximum amount of incentives that would be committed to a single school district or entity, um, you know, uh, on, on the school side would be $5 million. Um, you know, that's to, you know, ensure, um, you know, funding availability, especially as we, you know, as, as we start new programs um, and, and move forward. So, um, you know, that's my, uh, that's my answer for now. Okay. Is there a deadline to complete the work? Yes. So, um, once um, we've issued that commitment letter um, with your funding, um, you would have one year from the date of that commitment to complete the work and send in the final documentation. Um, we can, we, and you would also be eligible um, for um, one six month extension on top of that one year, um, you know, if you weren't able to complete your project. Um, so, you know, up, up to a year and a half, um, depending. Um, yeah. You know, again, you know, those who've been involved with the programs, um, you know, we'll, 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 of course, you know, work with every applicant, um, you know, to make sure they can complete their project. But those are the current deadlines. Okay. Thanks for that. Um, time check. Okay, we're just about at time. Uh, lots of questions in here. Um, lots of great questions, and you've given us some stuff to think about. Um, again, go to. There's more materials on on the program, yeah, the program website. Uh, you can find information there, but also please feel free to contact us. Um, lots of folks have very specific questions about, you know, their, their buildings and properties as well. You should, um, let's, um, yep. Sorry. We're at, we are at time. Um, but let's talk and we'll figure it out and see how we can kind of make the program work for you. Thank you everyone so much for coming and your attention. Really appreciate having you here and hope we can work together soon. So thanks everyone. Bye-bye. Take care.